Hello and welcome to another edition of Never a Dull Movie. We've been away for a while because of, well, everybody knows why we've been away for a while. COVID-19, of course, and uh, but we're back and we're going to try and do our best to continue the discussion about the movies and now TV and streaming and everything else uh, that, you know, is a part of our culture as we go through this pandemic together. And uh, as we work together to, you know, sort of live life in the new normal, as they like to say, which I'm actually tired of saying. But anyway, it's there. And with me, of course, is Brian Swift. Hello, Brian. Hello, Father Chip. I was going to say, I was going to interrupt you for a second. The second that you get comfortable saying the new normal, then it will go back to the old normal. Well, I hope so. Yeah. (laughs) I hope I want to go back to the old normal. Maybe that's the trick. Yeah. So uh, I will also add that, um, unlike before, this is very weird. We're doing this remotely. Yes, we are. Yeah, I am in. Which is unusual. I yeah, we never we had never done it before. We had never had the need. Uh, I am. I know. I am in the Grexley Podcast Studio at the Catholic TV World Headquarters. (laughs) 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 And I'm I'm in my office at (laughs) in Natick, Massachusetts, in my parish. So. Yes, we are in two different places, so this ought to be interesting at, at least uh, to see if we can pull it off. I've never, yeah. I've never uh, done this with uh, without seeing the other person. You know, I've done podcasts remotely, and usually we're on for uh, like Skype or Google Hangout or something, so I can see the person and talk to them. Makes it a little bit easier now. That not being able to see you, we're gonna have to use a lot of verbal cues. Yeah, I'm. Ju- I mean, I'm just gonna have to become a better listener. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. That's um, all right. We can we can grow together. Yeah, it's it's weird. We we've got a nice setup, but we don't have cameras. And you know, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I'm not. And and you're gonna laugh at this the way I say it, but I'm not totally upset that we don't have cameras. And it's not because I don't want to see you, Father Chip. I prefer you being here. But I feel like in the my limited experience, I've avoided things during the pandemic like Zoom. Haven't done a lot of uh-huh. Zooming. I think I might have done it maybe two, three times tops. We did a Zoom birthday party for my son's third birthday in May. And mm-hmm. uh, I'll tell you, that was a nightmare. So, <laughs> um, you know, I... I'm, well, I the idea of dealing with that and and having a flow of conversation if if you were on the screen and I was watching right now and you glitched out I feel like I would uh I just completely just stop talking you know I, really? I don't got okay. it in, I don't got it in me to uh to just you know soldier on until you're back from your glitch brother chip Ah well thankfully we don't have to worry about that then um, We're using but, the antiquated technology of telephone. Well, I, I don't even know if this is antiquated. It, uh, Discord is that a, is that antiquated now? Oh, well, um, I mean, cause... I put it this way: I just heard about it when we decided we were going to start doing these shows again. <laughs> so, as far as I'm concerned, it is cutting edge. But it feels like I feel it. Yeah, it I feels feel, a little cutting edge. It does, but it also feels a little old school. I wish we had. I wish I had like a an old uh, rotary dial in here. Well, that's really old school. Yeah. I, I think yeah. I think one family member of mine still had a rotary operated telephone when I was really young. I, I think I 
played oh. with it to make yeah. like a few like a few calls just because it was like oh that's weird but yeah i'm of the age uh father chip that i'm on the cusp of like a lot of significant technological like it was just one thing was just finishing and one thing was just starting i suppose everybody hmm. i suppose every generation can say that but i feel like i don't know i feel like it, there was more of it when i was like very young again going from like telephones like that and and modes of music and stuff like that but anyways uh let me get back well, let me get let me i get... don't know i i i'm gonna say before we switch off that i want to just say i grew up with rotary telephones until okay. we got a push button phone and that was a big deal mm. getting a push button phone then we went to those phones that you could carry around in those the house. Cell phones, uh, what, what, like a wireless. Yeah, phone. the wireless, but the, the wireless connected to your landline. Exactly, not a cell phone. Right. And then I remember when my dad got his first cell phone. It was in a bag. Yeah, and and, and, had, and they called it a car phone. They didn't call it a cell phone. They, they called did. it a car phone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My dad so, had one for work. I've seen a lot of changes in the telephone industry. Now, one of the things I, I do know about this Discord thing, and this, this we're not doing this at this moment, but in the future we could conceivably uh, offer uh, when if we're going to continue to do it this way, we could actually offer chat to people too. Uh, there's a, there's chats that you can offer and oh, uh, things like that. So I only want to do it this way for as long as we have to do it this way. I agree, but the 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 uh, we could the we could server... use it. We could use the chat feature, even if yes. we're both in the room. Exactly, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, right. And it might be an, an interesting way to to uh, interact with people who uh, like the podcast and like Grexley and all that stuff. Yeah, so that'd be fun. We could look know. into that. It's that's... it's good to be back though, talking to you. Uh, I've talked to you more in the last couple of weeks than I have in probably six months. So I know it's a good good thing so here at catholic tv you know we we really put the shutdown on at the beginning from probably from like the beginning of march until the end of june july we started bringing people slowly back um we're still like limiting like everything's limited for the, for the sake of safety i think rightly so you know because as you know from from shooting your tv show here for so long and, and doing the daily mass under normal circumstances, uh, any given day here at the studio can be a real hustle bustle of people in and out. Different departments have different uh, contractors and consultants coming in, and 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 then priests come in. And when they do the live mass, uh, one of the one of the great things that we had was uh, certain priests, depending on how close they were, would bring in a congregation, and we get to know these people. But we can't have that anymore. So I'm looking forward to that coming back. I haven't asked you. I feel rude, Father Chip. How have you been? How has the pandemic been treating you? Well, it's been interesting. You know, I mean, at first it was just kind of, you know, a little boring and uh, and a little weird not knowing what was going to happen. And then, but as it moved on, um, you know, it kind of, well, it became frustrating. And then... <laughs> Then they they let us open up a little bit, and I stress a little bit, because we can only I think still have only forty percent of capacity in the church, and uh, so that's not a lot of it's it's not as many as we would normally have gotten on a normal weekend, and there are other restrictions that kind of limit how many masses we can have because of uh, 
you know, volunteers that we need to have a, a, for, as ushers and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. So all that stuff is, is, is complicated. And so mass is complicated. Plus the sign up thing where we have, a, you know, we're using something called sign up genius to allow folks to sign up for mass on the weekend so that we can contact trace in case somebody does get sick. Sure. And, you know, and that has been a lot of extra work for me. Uh, administratively yeah. uh to do yeah. that and you know and it's something that i wish that i could pass off to somebody but um i can't right now and it's just it's but it's so it's it's so, a little bit frustrating so you kind of answered the question i was going to ask in the, that question was because of the lowered capacity if is your parish or is the, or is there other parishes that you know of that have taken the tact of adding more masses so that okay we can't get everybody in on sunday but we will get our normal crowd dispersed throughout the week. I haven't heard too many of that going on, but I have heard of other parishes just who have gone back to their normal schedule. Now, that being said, I don't know if they're doing everything that we're doing because uh, we have ushers at every mass. We have, you know, the, we have the contact tracing process, uh, you know, Reservations. all the, all the yeah, the reservations, all the different rules that go into it, we're doing. And I've heard, I know, and I, I will not name names, of course, but I've heard of other places that are not doing some of those things. And so they're, they're more wide open than we are. And, you know, people travel around and they know, and it becomes very frustrating for them and frustrating for me because they keep telling me about it. And, uh, and I'm just trying to keep everybody safe. Oh, absolutely. You know? I mean, my, that's my job. As a par as a parish priest, yeah, you know that most of the people who are coming in on a on a regular basis are the most vulnerable population, and a lot of them are, yes. Yeah, and the last thing I I agree with the church's stance uh, thus far, in, at least in the state of Massachusetts, but you don't want your church to be associated with the term super spreader. <laughs> No, no, you do not. And it's not just a PR. <laughs> yeah. It's not just a PR thing. It's it's for the good of the congregation and the good of the community. So, right. I'm, I mean, I'm worried about that. I've been making uh, the suggestion to some of the priests who've been coming in here, and I haven't heard back from the Vatican yet. My letters have apparently not been received, but uh, I suggested adding <laughs> there should be added a new sacrament, uh, the holy sac oh? the holy sacrament of sanitization. Well, now. It's just it's just moved into uh, a part of the um, of the right. Now I have before I distribute communion, I have the right of uh, you know disinfecting my hands. Yeah, the right uh, of disinfection. So, yes, I have the right of disinfection. That I do that right before I distribute communion, and and I put on my mask and and the whole nine yards. It's I'll, it's uh, I think it's amazing. Be, I think you'd be shocked at the rigorous routine that we've worked ourselves into here. At the end of every mass, the chapel, and you know the chapel. I mean, the, and and yeah, there's even in even in a chapel, even in not a, a huge church, even in a small space, there's so many surfaces to clean. Mm, <laughs> but we there are there's... we get them every time, and sometimes I feel a little bad. I take the mic, I'll take a mic off a priest at the end of the mass, and I'll immediately have a Clorox wipe, and I'll kind of wipe down the mic head and the wire, and blah blah blah. And I sometimes I feel like I have to look at them and be like, I don't assume that you're sick. Right. I just want you to know that we're doing this to the priest before you and the priest before him and the and so on and so forth. Right. So we just want to make sure, you know. But there's still, yeah. I mean, 
there's I, I'm having a hard time completely breaking normal politeness actions. Like uh, yes. well, I was walking through my neighborhood the other day, and there was someone moving in, and they were in they were actively moving in, but they had a young boy who was running around. I was walking with my son, and and they kind of you know engaged a little bit, and uh, the boy's mother came out of the house. And again, they're 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 bringing furniture in and out, or mostly in. Right. And she just comes over and she's like, "Oh, hi. I'm, my name is so and so. This is my son so and so. What's your son's name?" And then she just reached out her hand and I and I just completely forgot we're in the pandemic. I shook her hand, and then like the second I shook her hand, I'm just like, "Well, I can't use this hand for anything until the end of the walk when <laughs> I can when I can get to some sanitizer or some <laughs> or some soap." You know, yeah. it's like, I don't That's assume, that, I don't assume that you're sick, but these are the things that we got to think about on, uh, on every little interaction. <laughs> it's not fun. I just have this uh, image of you now walking with the, with your hand kind of held out to the side, yeah. oh, like right. walking back to your house. Going, <laughs> okay. Don't touch me. Yeah. Don't F touch my hands. Fingers separated <laughs> as far as they can go. Yeah. <laughs> no, just, yeah. I, I, uh, I find that the the niceties are hard to f stop, and I generally don't have a problem with that. I, I try my best to just live as normally as I can, and if someone reaches out to shake my hand, then I'll shake it. Um, and I do it mostly instinctively anyway, but yeah. um, I, I, I just don't feel comfortable losing the human, you know, normal yeah, human yeah. interaction. I mean, I do... Uh, I don't initiate it, but I will, I will, you won't shun you know, it. I won't shun it. Yeah. And you know, the, I'll be honest with you. The problem I have most during this pandemic so far is, uh, going out to my car and realizing I forgot my mask or, or <laughs> getting out of your car and going somewhere and realizing that you left the mask in the car. Yeah. I haven't that really happened. done that, but I, I, you know, I can see doing that if, you know, especially being a distracted parent, I could probably see doing that. But I, um, I, I just will walk down the stairs to the garage, get in the car, and go, oh man, <laughs> and then walk back up the stairs, get well, my mask. Now let me ask you this: Do you wear your mask in your car when you're alone? Oh no, I don't understand no. those people. That's that's. That's craziness. There's no point to it. Unless, Why? It's your breath. Unless you're sharing a car. But if you're sharing a car, you're usually sharing it with somebody who you're sharing a living space with. So I usually, mean, it's, yeah, it's the same thing. But uh, you know, I. I mean, I I rode to the cemetery the other day with the funeral director, and both of us wore masks. We don't, you know. I mean, that was just I think common courtesy. Sure. But sure. if I'm alone in my own car. No way. I'm not wearing a mask. And I see that all the time. I see it everywhere I go. I see people Alone. by themselves in their car, by themselves, just wearing a mask. And I laugh because yeah. it doesn't make any sense. Right. You know, and, and but then there's the other like mask. Um, there's mask. It's kind of like it's kind of like an episode of Seinfeld or Curb Your Enthusiasm where it's like yeah. mask etiquette. Right. So like when I yes. go for a walk, you know, they generally say that when you're outside, you're pretty safe. Like, the, yes. you have to be a very extremely close, prolonged circumstance for you to get sick from anybody when you're outside because the air is constantly moving and, and your right. own gravity would move particulate matter out of the way. I mean, it's, it's comforting. But anyways, if you're going for, like, if I'm going for a walk, um, like out at lunch or something, 
I'll I'll have I'll have my my mask hanging around my ear, and I see yep. and I see someone coming, and I feel the need to slip the mask on before they can notice me doing it, because there's this, again there's this there's this thing inside of me that just assumes that if they see me put the mask on when I'm approaching them, it means that I think that they are unclean, you know. <laughs> And like, very I, biblical. Oh, I mean, I, I can't, I can't avoid that. You know, I should, I mean, the, yeah. the, the easy thing would just be to keep the mask on all the time, but that's not easy. Cause here's, cause here's the other thing no. I was going to say about, you said forgetting your mask. Well, there was one day where I kept it on. I think we had a lot of production going on and I kept it on all day. We were busy all day. I kept it on all day. You forget that you're wearing the mask. Like it just, because if you wear it long enough, it just feels like this is how my face feels. And uh, I went in. I went into a burrito shop to get some dinner for my family. And I think I took the mask off in the car and forgot about it. Everybody in that place was looking at me weird, and it didn't strike me until oh, I yeah. was almost all the way home. And then for like a day, yeah. for like a day later, I'm just like, wait a second, when did I take off the mask? Did I take? No, did I take it off when I got back in the car? It was. It was just very weird. But anyways. To bring it back yeah. to the movies, the conversation that we, I was actually thinking about a scene in a movie that addresses one of these things that we're talking about. Um, I believe you saw The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the American version with Daniel Craig. I, I didn't see that movie. You didn't. Okay, well, spoiler alert there's a scene at the end where uh, Daniel Craig's investigative character believes he's stumbled onto who the killer is and he's okay. snooping around his house, and then the killer comes home. And he just gets out the back door, and he's just walking away. And the killer notices him and comes out on the porch. He's like, "Hey, hey, what are you, what are you doing?" And then, they, "Oh, oh, I was just, uh, I was just coming to see you, but I'm, I'm kind of busy. I'm gonna, I gotta go. I'll talk to you later." No, 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 come in for a drink. Come in for a drink. And then he captures him, and he's just like, "Isn't it strange? Oh Isn't it strange that you knew it was me, but politeness dictated that you come back in?" <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So there you go. But um, exactly. So let me ask politeness. Let me ask the first question: Of the limited stuff you've been able to see, movie-wise, has there been anything that you've really enjoyed in the months since we've been away? I I really enjoyed Greyhound. Um, oh yeah. I thought that was excellent with uh, Tom Hanks, uh, the war movie. I enjoyed that very much. Um, now that was a few months ago. That was uh, um, July. That that they let that out. I think July fifth on Apple TV Plus. Yes, Apple TV Plus, that's right. And I, I did enjoy it. I, I, I thought that, you know, I just thought it was a good movie. It was a good war movie. And, and Hanks is, you know, Hanks. He's always good. Oh, yeah, good. he's great. And, but the attention you know, to detail. Can't... Right, you know, I, right. I, going into it, I thought that that was going to be one a, the kind of war movie that I don't like, which is just kind of um, almost a procedural. And it wasn't. Uh, I mean, it had procedural. Right. It had procedural elements, but it had like really good character. Do that, but then there's also an actor in that by the name of Stephen Graham, who I've seen a movie since the late '90s, and he's a great character actor. So that, so yeah, that, that yes. was good. No, he's very good. He's an excellent actor, actually, Graham. I like him, and he was good. This, I mean, Hanks was good. They were all good. There wasn't a really bad performance in that whole movie, as far as I could tell. Yeah. Uh, and I watched it. I actually did watch it with uh, one of the priests that lives here mm. with me. So I didn't actually watch it alone, which is good. Yeah. And uh, 
you know, so I got we got to watch it and have that kind of, uh, you know, not a huge crowd, but at least there was some interaction afterwards when it was over. We talked about it, and so that was nice. And and honestly, most of the stuff I've been watching it has been, you know, television series or, you know, you know whatever something streaming on on something, whatever it is. You know, I've got too many streaming services that I pay for. I'm gonna to have to cut back on those. I think. What do you uh, but, What do you currently What do you currently um, uh, subscribe to? Oh gosh, I have. Well, you got Apple uh, TV Plus because maybe uh, the, I got Apple TV Plus. Yeah, the the, the I have, listeners might not know this, but you are an Apple enthusiast. You always yes. have been. I am an Apple enthusiast. I I have Apple everything. I have Apple TV. I have a no. You know, MacBook, and I have an iPhone. I have an iPad. I, you know, but not I have only the that, Apple Watch. But not only that, you regularly upgrade your phone. You want uh, you want the relatively yeah. like you want the relatively latest and greatest. Yes, I I just recently, within the last year, upgraded to the 11 Pro Max okay. iPhone, and I love it. I it's a great phone. And then of course the 12 comes out this year. So it was like very frustrating, but that's okay. I, um, I don't, I don't actually, I, I'll be honest with you. I usually let a couple of iterations go. I don't, you, I know I don't, you, you know, don't do it. Yearly. I don't go, I don't go year to year and get yeah. a new phone. That's ridiculously expensive. Well, I mean, you used to but, do it because the, the cell phone companies used to subsidize the cost, but they really weren't subsidizing the cost. As soon as they stopped, "Quote unquote," subsidizing the cost of the phone, your monthly bill went down, but you just had to pay full right. price for the phone. Right, but I will say this: I think with, with however they're doing it now, is far different than the way they were doing it before, and I think the phones are more expensive now too. So it, there's a lot of pass-through cost of the phone to the consumer, so it makes it a little bit dif- more difficult to to turn it in when i got the 11 when i got my 11 pro max it was uh i got it the month after i finished paying off my my 10 right father chip father chip i'm still running on a six oh my gosh i love how do you even how do you even survive i love this well i i I dropped it in the toilet during the pandemic but uh somehow got it going again it kind of it's still does it still like? Does it take? It doesn't take all the apps, does it? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. What 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 operating system are you using? Whatever the most recent one is, it's on. It's, Seriously. It's set to automatically upgrade. And and nothing runs slow or. Not that I know. Because that's the. See, that's the problem I run into is I'll be on my phone and it'll get frustrating because it'll start to run slow. And usually that's when I start to itch for the new phone because I'm like, well, obviously I need more memory or I need a faster chip or I need, you know, I, there's something that I need that clearly is not happening in this phone. And, uh, but well, more power to you, Brian. I mean, if you can get by with a six, I don't know. Oh, well, all, nine, I'm saying, all I'm saying is if you upgrade to the 12, I, I challenge you to stick with that 12 for six or seven years. <laughs> I'm not upgrading to the 12. I just got the 11 okay, Pro Max. Well, this keep, is it. This keep, is it for like five years. I want you to keep that 11 until 2030. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> All right, but uh, you uh, know what? We got off on a tangent. So you got your Apple TV so Plus. So anyway, I've Apple TV Plus. I've got uh, 
Netflix. Peacock, Netflix. Um, I have Amazon Prime, HBO Max, and Hulu. Okay. Yeah, we've got – so my family, and I probably shouldn't say this on the podcast, but no, my family in general, we we, sh- we decided we're going to do a little – You share. We're going to do a little cabal of sharing. Like, okay, you're going to – we're going to pick up this service, and then you can share in it, and then we're going to pick up this. So so the service uh, that I – but everybody has their own Netflix, and everybody has their own Amazon Prime because – Oh, I forgot one. Oh. Disney, pl- Disney Plus. Yeah. So I, I provide Disney Plus. My brother – has got Hulu. My parents got the HBO Max. So we, okay. amongst the three households, we share. Um, That's good. Yeah. Um, so let Probably me. Probably not you. legal, but good. Oh, I think it is. I mean, when you get a subscription, you're allowed. It gives you the. Okay, you know, this is how many. Devices, oh, that's true. This is how many devices it's on, and and I don't think it's illegal that's to true. say, okay, well, we're you know, like in my house. That's true. The the Disney Plus, however however many devices my Disney Plus subscription, we're only using two. In my house, so let's just say that there's eight. Well, you know, I'm getting my I'm getting my full value. Well, yeah, I don't know that there's eight, but yeah, you you're you you're probably doing okay right. at this point. Right. I mean, I wouldn't share it with seven other people, but uh, well, I'm sharing it with two other households. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, yeah I think and, uh, and that's we're, fine. And, and we're blood relations, so I mean, there you go. There you go. Just hopefully that they don't listen to the show. <laughs> I doubt um, it. Yeah, I, probably not. One show I did get into on Apple, I think it's on Apple Plus as well, was Ted Lasso. Uh, yeah, I don't that know is. If heard that of is. It. Yeah. Yeah. Have I, you heard of that show? I've seen it on the app. I, you know, I really haven't gone digging into Apple TV Plus too much. I, on Apple TV okay. Plus, I saw Greyhound. I saw a documentary about the Beastie Boys, or it wasn't really a documentary. Okay. The, the the living members of the the living two members of the Beastie Boys uh, they went on tour and put on like a stage show where they kind of told yep. a story it was very entertaining and and you know uh, they're very you know surprisingly interesting guys um, most people hmm. most people when they think of the Beastie Boys they think of you know fight for your right to party or there's That's and, what I think. and they grew up they grew up and they um they became like uh tours, they became you know very interesting like they they really delved into like social matters but also spiritual um the member who died mm. adam yawk uh he really tr- started traveling the world and like investigating spirituality and like you know he he visited wow. with, he visited with the dalai lama and um it was it was just really interesting um to to see the truth about a, a group of a group of artists that you had a preconceived notion about it, but I'll tell you one thing that I am thoroughly happy with Apple TV Plus with, uh, and this is because I have a kid, but be also but also because I enjoyed it when I was a kid. They've got a kids series, short uh, cartoon episodes called Snoopy in Space. Huh? They're just really, really well done. I mean, you for clearly from the okay. title, you can say it's a, it's a series of it's like I think there's twelve cartoons. And it's about Snoopy wanting to be an astronaut and all the other Peanuts characters are like, they go to NASA space camp and they get recruited at NASA space camp and Snoopy and Woodstock go to space, but they take, you know, it's, it's like, it's like kids television used to be is that we're going to entertain you, but we're going to teach you at the same time. Well, I like that. uh, And uh, yeah, my son, my son loves it. And I, and I really enjoy watching it with him too. Like, it's not something that. That's great. uh, Yeah. So 
on, honestly, there's not a lot of that. I got to look hard for stuff that we can both just really get into. But maybe that's the way it's always yeah. supposed to be. How old is Jack now? He's three. Three. Okay. He's three. Yeah. He's so he's kind of getting interested in TV shows and stuff. Oh God, he loves. Uh, he he goes through phases of really loving stuff right now. So with the uh, Disney Plus, he's loving um, the old Donald Duck cartoons. Oh, I love those too. Yeah, and and just laughing. And there's one. There's since we're in you know Halloween season while we're doing this episode, they have um, a Donald Duck short called Trick or Treat. Where, you oh, know, cool. it, if, if you could see my son, there's a scene in that cartoon where a witch puts a spell on Donald Duck's feet and takes <laughs> control of his feet and make him run headfirst into a door to knock the door down. And my son, <laughs> when, that, when that scene starts coming, my son goes across the room and then he runs at the nearest door, stops before he gets to the door and then lightly takes his forehead and taps it against the door three times, and then falls to the floor laughing. There you go. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> it's, it's really funny. Um, but yeah, so, and, but also he likes, so there's a, there's a Peanuts movie that came out, I think, in 2017, and that's also on Disney+, Plus because Fox made it, and Disney bought Fox. And, uh, he oh, really, right, right, right. He really, he really connects with that, and I was surprised I liked it so much because it's 3D animation, and I didn't think they were going to get the essence of the Charles Schultz Peanuts but, but mm-hmm. they, they did. They did. I oh, mean, it's good. definitely different animation, but it feels it feels like it was, you know, back in the 60s. So Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So Cool. Yeah, no, I uh yeah, that's great. I'm glad that he is is resonating with some stuff. Yeah. It's hard when they're little cuz, you know, sometimes their language skills are not Oh, his, super great. I will say this. He's he's smart as a whip. His uh, vocabulary is excellent. For a while, That's his great. favorite word was eucalyptus. <laughs> eucalyptus. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Yeah, I don't know why, but he heard it and he loved it. Uh, well, that's great. Well, let me ask you this, Father Ship. Have yep. you had the opportunity or have you taken advantage of the opportunity to visit one of the dry, uh, local drive-ins that have begun popping up again during the summer and into the fall. You know, it's funny. I, I have not had that opportunity, and uh, it's not from lack of wanting to do it or anything. I, I just think I, I just didn't have the time, mm. honestly, to do it. And I also, see, I live, I live with some, with another priest who's, He's sort of uh, he's compromised. He's uh, immunity. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. Immunocompromised. Yeah, he's immunocompromised. He's got uh, stage four cancer. So I don't oh, typically right. I don't typically go too many places now. Yeah, just out of because courtesy. I don't want to take any out of courtesy. I don't want to take too many chances. Yeah. Um. So I go home to see my folks, and that's about it. Yeah. And, How are they uh, doing? Oh, they're doing great. Thanks. Thanks for asking. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. How are your parents doing? My parents are doing good. My parents are doing yeah. good. They're missing out on their uh, time with their grandson. Not so much me, but uh, well, you know, that's right. <laughs> that's that's the, way, the way it works. But that's the way it works. Um, yeah. So I mean, and and that's I think unfortunately that's going to get harder as we go into the the winter, specifically the holiday season. You know, we really gotta. I know. Really gotta work hard to come up with the um, 
I don't know the rules, the parameters for how to do Thanksgiving, I think, how to do Christmas. I think you, I think you go, man. I think you go. Keep it small. Keep it small, and just go. That's yeah, all. that's what we're thinking. We're thinking that we're thinking that we're gonna keep it small. We're gonna do masks indoors. But if it, you know, every now and then, yeah, know, every now and then you'll get a Thanksgiving that is really nice outside, and it's like you know, if it looks yep. like it's gonna be nice outside, maybe we can. Maybe we can do dinner outside, and then for Christmas, it's like okay, well, we'll get together in the morning and we'll do masks and and you know, but we and we'll do presents and we'll spend some time together, but we'll keep it to an hour and a half to two hours. And but right. but, but the point is making making the effort to you know you can't you can't shut it down completely. You just can't. Yeah. You just can't. I'm I'm against that a hundred percent. I I just you know I think the world needs to. The world needs to turn, man. It needs to keep doing what we're doing, and and part of, and, and and honestly, I think this segues into something that I I think is important to talk Ooh. about is is the uh, the the theaters, the the theaters that are uh, either disappearing, closing, um, some of them going, going out of bankrupt. business completely. Yeah, yeah, and that, and that's a that's going to be a big issue for those of us that like to go to the movies. Um, so and you, I haven't been to a movie since this thing started, uh, so I, you know, I do miss going. I miss, I, mean, I miss the experience. I think it, it would have been great to see the that movie Greyhound on the big screen. Yeah. Um, you know, and and then they keep pushing back all the movies that I do want to see, like uh, James Bond, uh, the new James Bond, and all the all the rest. I, you know, they just keep on pushing them and pushing them and pushing them. And I mean, it's going to be 2022 before we get to see the new James Bond movie. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I, I particularly from a business standpoint, I think that that's a good move. Um, Oh, it probably is because one, because you're going to need the time for people to get used to coming back. And I I don't, and, and this, this speaks to, this speaks to the larger point you were talking about of the health of the theaters. I don't think that the theatrical distribution of movies is going to go away in its entirety and it's because it's too sweet of a plum of the of the entire business picture of the film industry it's you know those ticket sales they they're just it's it's too it's too lucrative and um you know you can sell a movie to a streaming service but you're only going to get so much because the streaming service it's you know like like i just said okay i'm 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 getting you know the, these disney shows and i even got a discount on my Disney Plus membership because I signed up early and I signed up for a three-year package, so I'm paying. Like, oh, there you go. I'm paying like four fifty a month for three years. That's great. Where it's like seven dollars. So I mean, so it's 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 not a, it's not a crippling amount of money that I'd be paying more. But I took advantage of a deal that they were running. But anyways, um, so for my four fifty a month, if when they put on Onward, the Pixar movie in 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 March. Yeah, we watched Onward. We watched Onward a lot, the three of us. That's, let's just say you want to be generous and say, I'm going to be very generous to the theaters and say you can get $10 tickets, which that isn't the case, but just for a nice round number. Uh, At $10 a ticket, me and my wife and my son would have gone to see Onward. There's $30, but now they're only getting $450 from me, and I can watch it as many times as I want. I mean, it's it's not a long-term. Yes, they're getting a monthly subscription, and that's why subscription services are being heavily um, emphasized because it's guaranteed 12 months a year uh, money into the pockets of the corporation as opposed to putting out in the theater and like hoping because they can never really be certain 
what's going to hit with the public. So it, is, so it is a risk, but when it does hit, the reward is just so huge. So I guess my point is, so, this, so with, with Onward, just Onward alone for my household, they lost out on $23.50 times, okay. times if my parents watched it, times if my brother right. watched it. You know, those are ticket right. sales that they're not getting. So it's like they got a great, they, they got a great streaming service, but they, you, you can't do. So I, I think in some form or fashion, with that being the case, the theater is going to survive. I don't know how that's going to look because, I mean, you're, you're a frequenter of a Regal cinema, correct? Like Regal is the most. No, 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 showcase. Showcase. Okay, yeah. So, showcase. so the showcase, I know the showcase in Revere, which is the closest showcase to me. Uh, went out of business. Yep. Now, I think we talked I about this. That. I don't know if they went out of business or if the landlord who owns the land sold the land so they were forced out of business. Right. I, I don't right. know the full story, but the point is that's a huge movie theater, and it's gone. It was big. Yeah. I think they had I – I mean – I think they might have had 25 screens in that theater. I think you're right. I think it was, it was the biggest one around as, as far as I could tell. And I'll be honest with you. I use that theater sometimes because sometimes, you know, when we were, especially when we were doing the movie show yeah, and we needed, and, you know, you need to see something before you taped yeah. the show or you're trying to see something before you taped the show in some cases. Um, <laughs> some cases I didn't get to see something before we taped the show, but the, um, so you're rushing around trying to find the, or looking for the best time, you know, that gives you the most time to see it and then formulate a thought on it and I, i'll be honest with you sometimes i had i drove up to revere because they had the best time oh um, and, and not only did they like they they are they were very smart they offered like a lot of interesting times like i'm i for years i noticed like at my at my amc which is my closest local theater they didn't play anything nothing started in the eight o'clock hour at night yeah it was like 7 15 7 30 and then, and then nine, 9 45 10. Right. And it's like, well, you know, that doesn't really, that doesn't really work. You know, especially right. if you're going to see something that's going to be two hours long. Uh, you know, the, well, days, that's, the days that, of... You bring up a... An, go I'm ahead. sorry. That's all right. The day, hey, you bring up a, I'm 37. The days of me going to a 945 uh, Avengers Endgame movie that's going to, you know, last two and a half hours plus a half an hour. It's like, I, like... I'm not. I, I'm not one of these people who are. are a long runtime isn't going to chase me away if I'm interested in the film. But if mm -hmm. the most if the most convenient time is nine forty five, it's just like I, I don't want to pay the money and risk nodding off. Right. Right. And I think I think the movie theaters are going to have to you know when they come back uh, to full strength, they're going to have to look at their model and see if if showing the movies at seven and nine or 10 is, is, is something that is going to get people to come, they got to get people to come into the theater. And I think they do have to provide a little bit more of a, of a time that is, is compatible to uh, someone's life, someone who's working like an eight o'clock mat, uh, eight o'clock mass, an eight o'clock movie is, is a good time. You know, if you're, if you don't have anything going on the next day, maybe, or, uh, you know, or at least if, if it's at eight o'clock, you say it's over at 10 o'clock, 
that's a little bit better than say going at nine 30 and not getting out of there till almost midnight. Uh, there's well, a big difference. Let, let me, let me extrapolate on why an eight o'clock showing is, is important for me. So it wasn't such a huge deal until I had a, until I had a kid. Once right. I had a kid, it was okay. Well, it's, it's important to us as parents to be there to put our son to bed. That's just something mm -hmm. that we've made priority. So we put him down at about 7.30. Sometimes it takes longer. Sometimes we get him to bed a little bit earlier. He was pretty consistent. But before the pandemic, we could get my parents to come over and just be there. Like, you know, he was asleep, so they weren't babysitting him, but they were there to make sure everything was fine. Or my wife's, one of my wife's aunts or, you know, her mother or just, you know, we, right. we had options. And, you know, so it's like we could we could, you know, go out. We could have a night where we went out and, you know, got something to eat in a movie but then you know you look at the run times be like oh nine o'clock that means my parents are going to be stuck here until what 11 30 at the latest i gotta go to work tomorrow you know it's like it just it it throws a whole equation off um but right. eight o'clock is a nice juicy it's 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 not too early it's not too late right exactly and and they if people people want to get something to eat they can get something to eat go to the movie, and then, you know, they're done. Uh, and if you want to have a movie early, you go. maybe they have to switch the time to 6 o'clock. They could do a 6 o'clock showing, an 8 o'clock showing, and then a 10 o'clock showing for the late got, late people. You know, I mean, oh, yeah. there's ways around it. Yeah. And, and they could do it for sure. That would make it so that everybody would be happy. But they're going to have to look at their business models and say, you know, what are we going to do? What can we offer to people? that is unique to us, you know, besides saying, you know, I saw it in the theater, besides, besides the giant screen, you know, is there something else that we can offer that you can't do at home? Well, off the, off the uh, top of my, I have thought about this, Father Chip. It's interesting you bring that question up. I have thought about it. If off the top of my head, I've thought of three things that it's like, okay, this is something that they're going to have to do when they want to reopen. And because the, well, the purpose for this will be, not only is it safe to come, but there's still going to be people who just like are going to take their time before they venture out. Yep. It's going to be a slow transition process back to your regular activity. But one cleanliness, I think we talked about this. Um, oh yeah. Right now, you know, with the theaters that are open right now, like I, you know, the types of people who work at the theater, the teenagers yep. who the teenagers who work at the theater, and I don't mean that everybody who works at the theater is a teenager. But the people whose job it is to clean the theater uh, and, and keep the concession stand, you know, in proper running order, meaning clean, like, do you trust, like, do you trust those under normal circumstances, they couldn't effectively sweep and get all the popcorn off in the theater between right. showings? I don't expect them to be able to get that done, plus a general sanitizing of the seats and the right. armrests and the in in the handrails and yeah yep. I, and, and you know if it's a, you know especially you know if you got a nice theater that's got the reclining seats that you put like you know someone's got to someone's got to wipe those buttons mm -hmm. and i just yep. don't so so they've got a one they've to get to get me back they've got to convince me that they're taking that seriously the other thing that they can do is they can just look at all the ways that they can make the theater experience better and some of that is this may sound strange, would make it better, but more regulation. I, 
if I'm going back to the theater and I'm taking what I deem to be a risk in the beginning, make sure that people's cell phone, like put in like strict cell phone rules. The, the, the public service ads, the beginning of the screenings, you know, uh, telling mm -hmm. you to turn your phone off, it's not effective. People are still texting. Like, I, you know, I've been sitting next to people and they don't dim their screens. And there are some people, like if, if I've ever looked at my phone in a theater, I've gone to extremes. I, like if there's somebody, if, there's, if the phone's ringing and it's like, oh, this might be important. Like, or if I get a text, I like stick it under my shirt and put my face in my shirt. You know what I mean? I don't want anybody. Oh, man. I don't want anybody to see that light. Cause no, cause that's that's how much I care about my like. Every time that bright light shines in your face, you take your eyes off the screen and you take your focus off. And then even if it's for a split second, you got to go back. And, and to some extent, you got to be like, okay, well, what's going? Oh, so this conversation. How is this motive? You know what I mean? You got to reconnect the dots that you were totally immersed in. And I just don't think it's fair to uh, to uh, um, to an audience. And then the other thing, yeah. and then the other thing I think they could do, or, or or some theaters could do, is if they could do the concessions well. Like one thing you talked about, going out and grabbing something to eat. If you could do, if theaters could make that a make that a priority, it's like, you know, I can go to the theater. I could stop at a restaurant, or I could make myself something. You know, uh, there's a step between dinner and the movie. But but if let, even if the theaters had like good sandwiches you know right. that you could count on like improve the food improve the food right just just yeah because okay like just we're, we're taking the time we're going out to the theater we're patronizing your business and we're going to spend for but just you know if you gave us a better option i can't tell you the last time i bought anything besides candy popcorn or soda i i i don't know that in the last five years i've done that really I don't buy hot, huh. I don't buy anything hot there. I just don't trust it. Hmm. Well, the showcase that I go to at Legacy Place, they have, uh, you know, they have, typically if you can if you go to the uh, upper level there, they have uh, private chip. They have what? You, Who's kidding? Yeah. You, you never go anywhere but the upper level. Let's you know, let's be fair. No, 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 <laughs> no. That's not true. That is not true. You love although the, I do like you love I the love level. The, I love the upper level. Uh, what do they call that? The Lux level. Uh, the Lux level. That's it. Yeah. yeah, I love the Lux level. Don't get me wrong, but <clears throat> there are times when um, a movie is showing in a, that we I want to see or need to see that is not in the Lux level theater. So you go. I just go. But I do like the Lux level because I I go to matinees and you know I you can get a, I can get lunch. Yeah, and I, you know, you were talking about that cell phone issue, and I was like, I can't tell you the last time I saw someone use the cell phone in the in the in the theater, um, because if I'm there at the movies at a matinee, I'm either with my my buddy Dom or uh, there's you know maybe some old people, and you know like retired people. And is this the Dom? The, that you, is this the Dom that you do the, your other podcast with? Yes. Well, why don't you? Yeah. I, I'd like to take some time out of our out of our valuable airtime, and I'd like you to plug this other podcast. Just take as much time as you need. Really, you think so? I think so. Well, it. <laughs> we do a show called Coffee and Cinema, and uh, it's it's it's. We go to the movies, and we uh, 
immediately after we get coffee and we do a quick, uh, maybe 30 minute uh, podcast about uh, the show. We do non-spoilers and then we do spoilers and we do our spot anal- analyzing of the movie. Like what did we just immediately think? So, you know how, like when you're coming out of the theater and you're talking to your wife and you're saying, Oh, I love that scene where I did this and yeah, you're, that catching, scene, you're but- capturing the, the immediacy. Yes, we capture the immediacy. We do it live to tape in the car. Uh, right? In the car, if we can't find a place, you know, because we tried taping it at the coffee place, and the ambient sound was too loud, and uh, so that was no good. Yeah, baristas uh, we haven't are been... not kind. Baristas don't care about your podcast. No, they don't, and and neither do other patrons for that matter. <laughs> but we, <laughs> and rightly so. Um, we so we typically get the coffees, go to the car, and we record it in the car, and then uh, and then he does his magic and puts it out. Um, we are on a network that I'm on the board of directors for. It's called SQPN. Uh, SQPN. You can you can Squippin'. Google search that, and and it'll come up. And there's a whole bunch of other shows on there too. It's a it's where the tagline is sort of like for the network is where. Uh, what is it like where pop culture meets real life or something like that? Um, <clears throat> and we talk about, we do talk about issues of faith. It is a Catholic organization. Um, you know, it's not um, a church run organization, but everybody that's in it is Catholic basically. Mm. And so we, we do look at things from a Catholic perspective, but there's other shows. There's a, there, and I don't know why they started naming the shows secrets of, but they did. So there's our show runs under the general overall banner of secrets of movies and television. And then there's a secrets of Dr. Who there's oh a secrets of star Trek. There's yeah. There's a secrets of star Wars. There's a secret, you know, so, uh, sounds like, a, yeah, it, it sounds like a very exclusive group. Well, that's what I mean. The ti- the title would suggest, I mean, do you have like, you know, to, do you have like you know code names and secret passwords? Uh, no. Okay. Well, we we do not. But I <clears throat> I don't I also, know why they named it that way. Oh, you know, with this different uh, con people love continuity. Uh, they do. But I'll tell you this. I'll tell it, you this. Well, well, it's still fresh in my mind. If if you're talking, let's just say for the sake of argument, you're talking about a Starbucks as the coffee place. I I yes. want to tell you. You can get away with a lot at Starbucks before anybody gets really annoyed. At the Starbucks in Beverly, That's Mass- true. It's a Starbucks in Beverly, Massachusetts, on Route One A. I'm not a coffee drinker, but every now and then, specifically in the winter when you want to go someplace before the pandemic, um, we we would go to that Starbucks. And there was a man on Sundays who would post up in the corner all day. He'd take a tall table. He always wore a top hat and a T-shirt with like wolves or eagles on it and he brought out <laughs> and he brought out his music but yeah he had, but he, he had like a stereo setup but he had earbuds in so you couldn't hear the music he wore sunglasses and he had like crystals and statues and he had his and he was doing art he had a sketch pad out and he had all these different colored pens and they were i mean he he basically made the corner of the starbucks his little art studio like really took That's it over amazing and he would whatever music he was listening to he would, I, you can't see me doing it, but he'd be doing these like hand dances. Like his, mm-hmm. he'd be doing this thing with his fingers. He'd lick the tips of his pens very like, uh, and I'll tell you what, 
everybody, I mean, that Starbucks is packed. Everybody's just like, what is happening? But nobody stopped. Yeah. You can do whatever you no. can. You know what? You can host your podcast and you would be less at the Starbucks. You'd be less weird than that guy. <laughs> yeah, that's a very weird experience you're talking about right there. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 um... I, I thoroughly recommend you going to that as, as Saturday morning. Uh, I think you, I think it might be Saturday mornings. I said Sunday, but I think it might be Saturdays. If you if you just want to see, take a drive just, up to Beverly. Take a drive up to Beverly and see a little slice of humanity that you are yeah, not accustomed to. I know I can I can pinpoint it for you. There you go. We um we tried. We did it in a cafe Nero. Oh yeah, they just opened one across yeah. the street from me. Yeah, there's one in uh, this Legacy Mall there. And so anyway, we were there and we sat out. They have uh, a main section and then they have a section that's kind of like outside, quote unquote, even though it's still inside and it has all outside furniture and everything. So we sat there and we set up in a corner. But the problem was uh, people kept on obviously walking in and out because they're going to the Cafe Nero. But the music that they would play over the sound system was too loud. It was just yeah. so loud. You'd, you'd just hear the music and you'd be like, okay, this is annoying. And we tried. I mean, it, we did try to do it, but it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't good quality stuff. So that's what I, but what I like about that particular podcast, and we don't get to do it right now because of because pandemic, of, yeah. but what I like about that podcast is the immediacy of the reflection mm. because you know yourself. You see a movie, you talk about you you would talk about it with your wife and you'd go home and then, you know, maybe a day or two later you'd be like, Oh, I don't remember what was that scene with the guy? What was the guy doing in that scene? And why know, did like, I like now it? Now you're trying Yeah, what what was that? What did I like about that? You know, you see so you're trying to remember it and it just it, it's a different remembering. When you when you get right out of the movie, you you remember the stuff. You remember it. And I like that of that podcast. I I think uh, that's I, what I liked about the idea. I think that phenomena is is absolutely true, but it makes the times where a movie sticks with me for days and weeks that much more impactful. Like there's been there's been movies I've seen and they're not my like very few times are they my favorite movies of the year or but there are movies right. that I'll see that it's like okay, you walk out and you're like, "Oh, that was pretty good." I mean, it was yeah, that was pretty good. And then 3 or 4 days later, you find yourself thinking about I don't know, scenes or issues that are brought up or the themes. And it's just kind of like, then, then that that's really impactful. Like I'm still, it affected me to the point where I'm still thinking about it. I want to ask you, I, I yeah. have seen some stuff and I want to ask you if you've seen it and if you have what you thought about it. But um, I went to the drive-in. So uh, from, for my mother's birthday every year, uh, because I'm trying to do experiences as opposed to physical gifts. Cause I'm hard to buy for. She's hard mm. to buy for. But so anyways, we took took her to the drive-in theater that they built at the Topsfield Fairgrounds in Massachusetts. And we okay. saw and we saw The Invisible Man, which is right now oh, uh, streaming yeah. on HBO Max. I don't know if you've seen The Invisible Man. I haven't seen it. I you know, you know me in scary movies. I'm not a big well, scary here, movie guy here's the thing about this and, version of the invisible man though yes it would definitely be considered a horror movie but it's more 
it's more of a thriller and it's more of a social commentary. Essentially what they've done is they've taken the Invisible Man and using it as tropes for, and using it as a vehicle to tell a story about um, abusive relationships. Right. Um, and really, really effectively. If you, if you got the time, and Elizabeth Moss is in it. And uh, I do like her. Yeah, she's, she's got this, you know, she reminds me a little bit of Drew Barrymore in, in that in, mm. the, in the right lighting with the right haircut, she's stunningly beautiful. But she can also, right. but they can also make her be very homely, and I think that That's true. I think that really, really helps her uh, characters. Yeah, I, I, I think you know it's 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 a rare actress where because you know the way that they choose that it's all especially actresses it's all about you know and leading actresses even more so but it's all about looks and weight and and all this stuff and I feel like you know you've got somebody. Yep. You know, you what what can you put Nicole Kidman in that people aren't going to be like, oh wow, like that's a really tall, statuesque. Like it's the same it's the same problem that The Rock has. You can't take The Rock and stick him into, uh, you know, some sort of period drama the, because all the, the characters be the like, importance of being earnest. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> who is it? Like we can't we can't take this giant seriously. Right, you know, uh, right. So, so I no, I you know, I know what you're saying. Yeah, that so, there's different, diff, definitely different acting styles and and whatnot. I mean, I think of uh, not to say you not, know who, not to say that Nicole Kidman's not a good actress. I think she's done some really interesting stuff in the last few years. A but good actress. That's the first name that came to mind. Well, I was thinking when you started talking about this, Nicole Kidman, Moss. I started thinking of uh, Meryl Streep because. Sure. There are movies and there are times where I've seen Meryl Streep where she looks terrible. Yeah. And then I see a picture of her and I'm like, that's Meryl Streep? And she looks gorgeous. And you're like, how does that happen? Yeah. Now, this is more, you know, more more so when she was younger. But still, she could be in a movie and be as homely as the day is long. And then at the premiere for the movie, she would look, you know, stunning. Yeah. And, 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 like, and the thing is, it's, it's the same woman. And the thing is, it's <laughs> not it's not all makeup. Like, yes, makeup. No. Makeup does a lot of work, but it's not. It's it's their facial structure and what they're willing to like. Right. You know, it's it's you know, it's the ability to have, you know, like, like sometimes expressive eyes can be not attractive. You know, expressive eyes aren't always mm -hmm. perfectly symmetrical in the way that we view in the way that we view beauty. And, you know, symmetry equals beauty. But uh, yeah. So, anyways, Elizabeth Moss, great. Did you see Onward? Did you? We already talked about it, but did you watch Onward on Disney Plus? I didn't watch Onward because I didn't have much of an interest in it. You should check it out. It is different from a Disney perspective in that it's about it's it's complex. I mean, and in, in, not that Pixar movies aren't complex, but it's about um, these uh, teenage boys and their relationship yep. with their father who died when they were young. Yeah, you know? I saw I saw previews for it and stuff, and I, I and I, I you know I was kind of interested in it, but. The problem I had this summer was very little excited me and to watch, to be honest with you. And so, and because I, you know, the, of the pandemic, and this is going to sound, you know, okay, crazy for a guy who deals with pop culture all the time, but I read more this summer than I did watch movies. Fair I, I was reading, I was reading like all the time and I was, and I was listening to podcasts and, you know, 
because at the beginning of the pandemic, all I did was watch TV. Yeah. And it, at some point, at some point, a, a little switch went off in my head and said, okay, your brain is going to be a mush pie if you continue to just sit in front of the TV for eight hours. And you can't do this every day for weeks. You well, just and, can't. And then the other, and the other thing about, I mean, not, to, not that we're going to turn this into a book club podcast, but um, you could take a book with you. It's like, that's one thing. Right. Like, I can't, I, I've never been the type of person who like sits down on my own couch or my own chair or lays down on my own bed and pulls out a book and start reading. I can't do it. But oh, if, I I, if I say to myself, okay, I'm going to take this book. I'm going to go on a walk to the local park. I'm going to sit on a bench or I'm going to land or a tree or what have you, or I'm going to go to the beach or I'm going to do this. I'm going to go here, there. Even if I drive to a place and sit in my car, I'm more likely to get some reading done. Um, hmm. So, but, but there's something about that. It's like, this is an activity that's not homebound. I don't know. There's something, I, I, I guess it's my brain's doing a trick to be like, oh no, you're doing stuff. It's the same thing with um, like, right. I don't, I don't just sit and listen to music. I need to be, I love music. But I li I'll listen to music sometimes when I'm driving. But like mowing the lawn, I want to listen to some music. Um, going on a walk, I want right. to listen. You know, doing the dishes, put on some music. That's when I. That's when I'm going to get some. Uh, right. Some listening. You know, going, when some... I when I, I I like listening to music in the car myself too. Mm. Um, but I can sit, read a book, and listen to some music too. Um, you know, it's, listening to music for me doesn't have to be an active thing that can be more of a passive thing um however one of the things uh one of the things i did know notice was that with podcasts sometimes i can't just sit and want and listen to a podcast like sometimes i can but a lot of times where i get my listening in podcasts is when i when i do my daily walk like mm -hmm. i do two or three miles every day and uh when I'm doing that, I, I listen, I listen to podcasts and sometimes in the evening, instead of turning the TV on, I might turn a, a podcast on, but I'm usually either in, I'm in the car, I'm walking, uh, I'm cleaning around the house, you know, in my room or over at the church, you know, doing a project where I can put my headphones on and, and not have to be around people uh, in stuff just you know, whatever it is. And well, I think that's when I'll listen to podcasts, but I, it's interesting because I can sit down and read a book anywhere in mm -hmm. my bed, in my chair, anywhere. Yeah. Movie, I mean, yeah. the movie theater, <laughs> as long as there's light. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I don't know if we've talked about this on, on the show before, but it's been a while so we could talk about it again. But I, I do believe that podcasting is an example of like a new paradigm in education. In that, yes. in that it offers you the opportunity. I mean, you can listen to what you can listen to. Like, we're, what you're listening to right now is not educational, uh, listener. Uh, I mean, maybe no. it's, it's not educational, but... Um, no, but you might learn something. Yeah, you might learn something. You might get something fulfilling out of it. Or you could, yes. or you could find something that's actual, like, for instance, uh, to plug someone else's, but Hardcore History with Dan Carlin. Those are dense. Oh, very good podcast. Very interesting, but very dense history podcasts. Now... And long, what, and long. But here's what ha here's why I think it's a future. It's it's a future future integral tool to education because it can transform previously untapped time into 
uh, a very Im immersive learning experience. Driving, yes. like even like driving in the car, again, going for walks, yep. mowing the lawn, doing the dishes, vacuuming your house. I mean, yep. all all the little things that it's like you still do those. Don't don't let those exercising, going to the gym. You can still do right. those things, but you can put something in your brain from yep. other enthusiasts at the same time. And I think like, you know, I can imagine my son, okay, he gets to, uh, when he gets to the age where they start um, talking about World War II, I'd be like, hey, you know what? For the, for, the rest of the, for the rest of the week when we're going to hockey practices or, or you, know, we're, you know, driving you to school or whatever we're doing, wherever we're going, when we're in the car, we're going to put on uh, this Dan Carlin Hardcore History podcast and you're going to get so much more of an immersive experience than you just would from your teacher and your book. You still listen to your teacher, you right. still read your book, but this is an, another thing that, you know, and, and, you, you know, and, and it fosters, it fosters um, interest that previously wasn't there. So I'm, I'm, I'm bullish. I agree. To use, to use that term. I'm bullish on podcasts and its usefulness. Me too. I am. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I think podcasts, uh, for some reason, have become, so they've become integral to my life. And uh, I, I listen to, I, I, I have too many podcasts that I, I want to listen to yep. and, and not enough time to listen to all of them. Yep. Yep. Same here. Especially since now the traffic's down. I don't get the long commute anymore or as long of a commute. Yeah. It went from an hour, right. it went from an hour and a half on a good day to 40 minutes. So. It's still plenty of time. Yeah, but, that's great. Um, so, you haven't. So, watch onward when you get a chance. It, it has a lot to offer. Did you watch The Five Bloods? <laughs> no, I did not watch The Five Bloods. It's, I, I did I, not. I think that it's got a strong contender for Best Actor of the Year in this weird year. Um, I have really, in the past two years, reevaluated Spike Lee and become a fan of Spike Lee uh, over over again. Uh, he went through kind of a dip okay. in quality, but I, I think I think I saw what did I see that really made me? I, I, and it wasn't Is the first the... time I saw I saw do the right thing again. And just wherever yep. wherever we were in the world or wherever I was in my life, I was just like, oh, like 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 a switch flipped, and I'm like, oh, I can see what he's doing, and this is actually this is a masterpiece. I never I never saw it as a masterpiece before, so it was. Uh, go back and look at it. Oh, stuff. I did. So the five, yeah, I like, the, the I like five bloods one. is a is a Vietnam adjacent, um, okay story by Spike Lee involves involves older retired Vietnam vets going back to Vietnam uh, to find the body of um, their friend who died, but also they buried the body near a stolen cache of uh, gold. Oh. And it's one of Chadwick Boseman's last roles before he died died untimely this summer. Okay, Chadwick, yeah. Chadwick Boseman plays plays the friend in their in their memories, and it's just he does like Spike Lee. He does such interesting things with the with the genre. Um, for instance, he taught they have these scenes with a North Vietnamese radio propagandist. I I think she, I think it's factual. Um, who went by the name of Hanoi Hannah and mm -hmm. would do broadcasts aimed directly at black GIs 
you know, like they apparently right. this this was the first news that black GIs got about Martin Luther King's assassination, for example. Now that's very strategic, oh. but he shoots him in a way. It's so compelling. Um, so yeah. anyways, uh, and, and then uh, a character actor who's been around for a long time by the name of Delroy Lindo. Uh, he's, oh, yeah. He's getting a lot of buzz for uh, best actor for the Five Bloods. Sorry, okay. the Five Bloods. D-A, the number five. The Five, five Bloods. Bloods. Okay. Yeah. Did you see? No, I'm in, I, I might be interested in that now. You should check it out. Uh, I'll check you, that out. Did you see Hamilton? No, I refuse to watch Hamilton. Why? I thought Hamilton would be right up your alley. Are you kidding me? No, not up my alley at all. History. It is. It, yeah. Well, yes, I like history. I don't necessarily like weird takes on history. Oh, it's it, so, it, it. I can tell you. And I'm not. I, I'm not. And I got to tell you, that kind of a musical doesn't appeal to me. It's. It just it, it it meets it 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 meets and exceeds its hype in uh, many ways. My son Jack is obsessed with it. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody uh, else was obsessed with it too. I just couldn't get into it. I'm it's, sorry. It's really quite good. Uh, there was a Hulu movie yeah. that came out this summer. It came out in uh, July, called Palm Springs. I don't know if you got a chance to see that. I saw the uh, preview for that, and it actually did look interesting. Really, um, I mean, I, I laughed a lot in that one, and but yeah, I also, it did but look it, funny. But I, but it's also thought provoking. If you got the time, there pick it go. up. Or if you got the time, um, let's see what else. What else? What else? There's not a lot that I saw this summer. Okay, the last thing that I saw to on Netflix. It was on Netflix. Did you watch Hubie Halloween? Uh, I just heard about that. They shot I it. Just heard about that. They shot it in my neck of the woods, and specifically, there was uh, a couple of scenes that were shot on the street that I grew up on, or the or go. the or the block that I grew up on. So I went into it with low expectations, but like, you know, it, there's never been a there's never been a big movie shot. <laughs> like, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm over seeing movies just because they were just because they're Boston movies. Like there was a period of time where it's like, oh, I'm gonna oh that's a Boston movie. I'm gonna go see that. Um, Right. That's that's over. Like it 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 the the, it... the novelty is worn off. It needs to be a good story. I need to say, okay, that's a good story. It's set in Boston. The fact that it's a Boston movie is not the only draw anymore. But well, you know, oh, <laughs> movie, speaking of that, a movie shot on my street. Um, right. That's still a draw. So, anyways, watched it. When it, again, went in with low expectations. Me and my wife laughed harder than I've laughed at an Adam Sandler movie, and I'm gonna say easily 15 years. Uh, it was wow. it it exceeded expectations, but do go in with low expectations. Okay, I will. But I just I and I uh, that's one I just heard about. Uh, before you know, obviously I heard about it before you mentioned it, but I had just heard about it like within the last week or so, and so I I am kind of interested in seeing that. I I saw a movie called Wonderland. Um, heard of it? I haven't with, seen it. That was with. Um, uh, Mark Wahlberg and um, Eliza Schlesinger. Okay, sure. And, and she's a comedian. Yes. And there was yeah some other some other pretty good actors in it too. But it was based on uh, a, a, a Spencer uh, novel, uh, one of the later latest Spencer so, novels. So he made two um, Spencer movies this year. 
I'm sorry? So Wahlberg made two Spencer movies this year? No, I think Wonderland was the only one he made, I think. No, I thought we, we talked about Spencer, Spencer Confidential on this show. Oh, did we? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. It was a long time okay. ago. Yeah, I guess so. Well, then just forget that. You can edit. You can you can edit that out and post. Oh, I'm keeping that all in. I'm editing out the stuff about me earlier that I say in it, but that's staying in. <laughs> oh, so leave my mistakes in. <laughs> all right, fine. Um, you know, uh, I, I imagine that people, uh, you know, have a limit on on their time on as far as how long they're going to listen to a podcast. Yeah, we're at an hour and, and fifteen. And we, we might be exceeding that. Oh yeah, I I I agree. Good good point. Father Chip, yes. um, I'm glad that we went through some of the. I'm just going to quickly go through. There's still some stuff on the schedule for the rest of the year that I am very interested okay. in. Some of it is coming out on streaming. Some of it still has a foolish hope to make it into the theaters. I don't think it's going to happen. But All right. This past week, uh, the Aaron Sorkin film, The Trial of the Chicago Seven, came out. I'm looking forward to watching that. The yes. Cast, the cast watch that, is incredible. Yeah. Um, yep. There was a remake. It's it's screaming actually. Um, it's very soon, within a day or two, or, or just a day or two, but they made a remake of the classic Roald Dahl um, story, uh, The Witches, that was originally done with Angelica Houston. That's going to be oh. on HBO Max. And uh, that, I remember that that was part of, when I was a kid, uh, there was a really great crop of um, spooky stories, but definitely aimed towards children and children-friendly. And... Mm. Um, and that was one of my favorite ones. So, uh, okay. But the one I'm most looking forward to is on Netflix. Mank. Have you seen the trailer? The, the the trailer just came out for this. No. But it's David. It's David Fincher, who I love. Okay, I like him. And Gary Oldman. Oh my gosh, you will be all over. Yeah. That. So I mean, you could have stopped there, but it's about yeah. it's about it's about the writer Herman Mankiewicz, and his work writing Citizen Kane. A lot of people. A lot of people think. Orson Welles wrote Citizen Kane, but this guy Herman Mankiewicz wrote Citizen Kane, and he okay, knew, yeah, that... and he knew um, William Randolph Hearst personally. Okay. So David Fincher made this. It was based on a script written by his his father, who I believe is passed. I'm not entirely sure if he's not. I'm sorry, uh, the elder Fincher. I'm glad you're still yes. with us. Um, yes. <laughs> but uh, really good cast, uh, all black and white, and. Um, yeah, looking forward well, to that. That would be interesting. And then uh, the, Netflix, the the Pixar movie Soul is coming out on Christmas Day on Disney Plus, and they're not upcharging it like they did for Mulan. And that's oh, shockingly, God. it is the first Pixar film with a black protagonist. Really? I mean, unless you count Samuel Jackson in The Incredibles, but he was a supporting character. Supporting character, yeah. yeah. Well, that's interesting. Uh, that's interesting. I might. Yeah, uh, you know, and speaking it, of and Mulan, it deals, I, it, I still have to watch that. No, you don't. No, oh, it's not good. Um. It, okay, let me rephrase. It wasn't for me. Okay. You might like it. It's probably. It might not be for me either. Yeah. I didn't. I I I remember. Uh, I was a older, like I was a. I was. You were in your twenties or something. This, yeah, I think I was just out of college when the original came out. Yeah, and I remember seeing it. I saw it, and I I liked the original. Yeah, um, my my wife ended up my wife ended up springing for it specifically because it's got a 
female director and she is of the mindset of because she can't remember the last time she saw something by a female director i pointed out well there's this movie we saw and this movie like they're they're out there but oh, she just wanted see? she just wanted to support that and i'm just like oh there's you know all right fine if you want to do that that's fine but i fell asleep during it <laughs> that's not a good sign um, no, again it wasn't yeah, for so, me it wasn't for me it wasn't made for me it right. wasn't aimed at me it's fair right. i'm not saying that it's bad i'm just saying it's not for me right and it's probably it's probably not for me but it i like i i do like those kind of uh sword fighting movies and uh and i i was always very inter- i was interested in um Feudal. Was that uh, cr- crouching yeah. tiger hidden dragon it was a good movie i liked and yeah, and that that whole era of uh, chi- the Chinese era uh, was interesting uh, historically. But you know, I hey, listen, not everything's for everybody, no, right? And, no. and and I think that's one of the things in this crazy year of twenty twenty that we we need to get back to understanding is that not everything's for everybody. Yeah, and and you that's know, okay. And and. And that's and exactly, and that's okay, you know. So, so I don't think I don't be... I don't think there's a better way to end this podcast. Well, I hope agree, you enjoy... and I think there can be. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Movie... Remember, not everything is for everybody. <laughs> that's right. No, but you know what? I'm I'm serious though. I'm just serious for a second. Okay, sorry. I I really I really believe that in our fractured time, we need to somehow come back together and and realize. That they're, you know, they're not everything's for me, not everything's for you, not everything's gonna, you know, appeal to someone. When I was a kid, uh, just out of college, I remember I wanted to see uh, Reservoir Dogs. Okay? okay. Now I had an apartment and I had a whole bunch of people over, and I had friends from out of town, and there was some women involved there. They were there, you know, uh, staying with us, and they wanted to watch a movie. I said, "Oh, let's watch Reservoir Dogs." Well, we put it on, and they, the the girls, they hated it. They hated it. They, they couldn't even stay and watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, I understand that. I I am a firm believer in people. You know, not everything's for everybody. I'm a firm believer in that. And uh, yes, and I think that's probably a good way to end the show. Um, I'll just say, from my po- point of view. Thanks for listening, if you're listening, and uh, thanks, Brian, for uh, figuring out how to do this, and uh, I guess we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Never Dull Movie. Never Dull Movie has been a production of the Grexley Podcast Network. To learn more about this podcast and the other great podcasts on the Grexley Podcast Network, please check out grexley.com, that's G-R-E-X-L-Y.com. And if you're interested in supporting this podcast, please check out the Patreon page at patreon.com slash Grexley. When you join our Patreon page, you will receive early and exclusive access to unique content. Thanks for listening to Never a Dull Movie, and we will see you next week.